and welcome back to the Joust. Very loud, but it's our first episode. Liam, we're back talking about footy. Welcome back, Liam McNeil. Thank you for joining me so much. It's great to be back, Nagy. It's <laughs> unbelievable to be back here in the red and blue, in the gas chamber, ready to talk about 2018. I know, 2018. Can you believe it? When we left off this, it was 2017. We've travelled into the future, Nagy. Somehow, and some a, way, we've made it into the future. At a rate of knots. A, a one minute per minute, in fact. A very reasonable way to, to train. To in fact, the way everyone else tra- travels, the transit of time. We're taking everyone else with us. That's mm. the most exciting part of it, Liam. And we have this huge seat. Season, huge season uh, before us. Unparalleled. I know, I know. You, uh, what's the most exciting thing you find about this season coming up? All of it, every single second of it, every single <laughs> pair of boots that steps onto that field, oh, I'm going to love. <laughs> I can't wait for it. I remember, I think it was last season that uh, we were watching, it was, I was actually with you. Yes. Uh, and we, were, we were watching the Parramatta game uh, at uh, the Commonwealth Hotel. Great pub, really good pub. Lovely venue, lovely. And it was we were there watching uh, the Parramatta game, and every other game that I'd watched leading in that season, like even the games that we won against St George and uh, and uh, the Warriors, like leading up to that, because that was our third game that we won in a row, uh, and only like one of five that we won that season. So it was pretty special. But it was it was <laughs> a paltry record. It was, but it was one you can remember every game that you won. But anyway, so I was there watching it, and every other every other game there was sort of this feeling of impending doom just like yeah like you get in the lead up to complete organ failure exactly the mm. same feeling i can only imagine that feels the same way and all you want to do is well, you just want to be winning and watching that clock tick down and you start to think oh it's a 70 minute and, and instead of going like hooray we're going to win this and start celebrating you've just been robbed of it so many times there was you, worry there was a worry. sense of worry yes but doom. it was like every other game was like that but this game against Parramatta after we had a couple of wins and it was like this game we shouldn't have won. We had no right winning. We're down there in Sydney, so yeah. So we're watching it. Um, we're watching it at, down at the Commie, and it was great like pub. Really great, good fantastic pub. pub. But it was like, it was we, were, everyone around started to sort of celebrate around. There the was c- a newfound optimism in the room, Nag. Yeah, but like seventieth minute, you know. And then when when the game finally was, the result was said, the game was won. It was like it was. Everyone in a blue and red jersey around there was like this brotherhood. Everyone was shaking hands and there was some hugs going on. It may have been me hugging some people. I was pretty And myself, excited. I was too. But it was great. There was, there was you know, cheering in the kitchen. There, there was, was cars <laughs> flipped on Union Street. The Newcastle Permanent was ablaze. Yeah, it was, just, it was a small ride. It you was, know, yes. Remember the Star City Hotel ride? It put that to shame. It did. It was, that's how much excitement was around uh, this season. You know, this and that's going to be the whole of 2018. That's right. There's going to be there's going to be a whole lot more of that. Maybe less the rioting. But, you know, maybe not. I'm not going to rule anything out. Hopefully less. I really need there to be a lot of Newcastle permanents around. And now, to, to kick this season off, Liam, uh, for another very exciting season of the Joust, I was thinking just the other day, wouldn't it have been great if we could have got maybe some sort of club legend here to discuss what's been going on in the club uh, like the, the the comings and goings, the changing of the culture. We could even touch on their career, what they did, you know, throughout their career, what they did outside the club, working with the community as well. That'd be good to talk about. That would be great to talk about. That'd be too. really good. Be really Wish we'd good. teed that up. Yeah. That'd have been brilliant. Hmm. No way we did that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got Kurt Gidley. Oh, we got Kurt. Did we record that? Mm, Kurt? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, put that on. All right, yeah, excellent. <laughs> Welcome to the Jess uh, for a very, very special evening. Uh, tonight we have a very, very special guest uh, joining us. Uh, widely regarded as one of the game's greatest utility players, uh, whose versatility has seen him play in a host of positions for his club, state and country. Uh, and his leadership saw him captain the mighty Sky Blues. Uh, please welcome to the Jess, the long-serving 
Knights captain and also former purveyor of fine meats, Kirk Gidley. On you, Gids. Thanks for coming. Spot on. Spot on. Yeah, purveyor of fine meats. Yeah, that was a that was an important part of my life, but it was an enjoyable one. But uh, great to be here, boys. Thanks for the invite. We really, really appreciate it. Now we're going to ask you. Obviously, you're back into uh, back into the country, uh, back to Newcastle as well. Uh, but you've taken up a new role with the club. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, obviously I've been over the UK playing for, for Warrington for the last couple of years, which was a great experience, and moved back um, to the UK after after playing, uh, moved back to Oz after playing in the UK for two years and moved back October after the season. And yeah, it was great to, great to experience over there to play in the UK, um, play in the Super League, do some great travelling outside of playing. Um, but yeah, two two years was about the right mark and... Yeah, back into our back into our home at um, at Merriweather and and back to where we grew up in Newcastle. So it's um, it back was, in God's country. Yeah, hundred percent. Look, it was um, it was a wonderful experience to live in the UK, and um, we met some great friends, and still still will have great friends forever uh, over that side of the world. But um, I think it makes you appreciate Newcastle even more when you when you go away for a, a bit of time to to come back again. Beauty. Now, Nagy and I have a very tenuous grasp on the English language at the best of times. Yeah. <laughs> You've been uh, employed as business development officer for the Knights. Well, what do well, those three well, words let me, mean? Let me correct you. Um, ah, I got, I've got my uh, official business card the other day, and oh. it's um, business development executive. Hey, That's yeah, another so, word we don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so what does that entail, Gids? How's that uh, tie in with the club? Yeah, well, I, look, when I first got back, um, even when I was in the UK, I knew I was finishing up and announced my retirement at the end of last season, uh, 2017. Um yeah, look, got in touch with a couple of people back back home and let them know I was, I was going to be coming home. I'd known Phil Gardner from all my days at, at playing for West Newcastle and um, my dad was a coach at West. Both my brothers played at West Newcastle. So I guess the, the timing of it and the connection between, you know, obviously my career at the Knights and all my, my juniors. And I played right, right from sevens, under sevens up until reserve grade at, at West Newcastle. And yeah, the timing of it and moving back home, it's... Um, it just worked out well that there was a position there for me um, that I could take back at uh, at two clubs that I, you know, I'm really passionate about is, is West Newcastle where I played and learned all my junior footy right up until reserve grade, and then obviously my, my senior career from I guess you know from under 17s to to first grade my whole career. So they're the two you know two of the three most passionate clubs that I've I've played with, and um, and the other one being Warrington in the UK, but. Uh, just great timing for it to, for, to come back to, to Newcastle and I wanted to try something new and, and the business development role has, has come up and I, yeah, I'm, I've been enjoying it, really enjoying it. Fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's, I've got to ask, spending your time in the UK uh, for those two years and having you know, successful runs with Warrington, um, how was it watching, um, you know, being a spectator, watching Following the Knights back in, in Oz, uh, going through some, you know, some hard times? Yeah, look, it's been you know it's been some some tough times over not just the past couple of years that I've been away, but even probably the last couple of years that I was playing. Um, you know, it's certainly certainly tough to watch from uh, from a you know I'm a, I'm a fan to start with. I was a Knights fan once my brother Matt started playing with the club and uh, had some great mentors um, coming through the grades, and uh, I was you know and even post career, I'm, I'm certainly a a fan and I'm passionate about the club succeeding and doing well um, so even my my last couple of years that were, weren't great on the field uh, performance wise and you know we'll sh- didn't have the greatest resources as far as you know the, the you know the Tinkler era wasn't a great one um, the NRL owned the club in the last few years and probably weren't in a position to spend um, any money outside of what they they had to and uh, yeah so I, I, you know the timing of me going away and and 
having a new challenge in my life and my career and, and going to the Super League and having to earn some new respect from my teammates and fans over the air. It was the right, um, over there. It was the right time to be doing that. Um, I certainly st- kept a kept a close eye on the club back here, and it was, you know, it was still, it was a time for me to get away from watching the NRL because I wanted to freshen up from that. But I I, I did watch the highlights and kept an eye on you know what players were making their debuts and what uh, you know the players were who I'd played with back here and how they were going. So, and obviously my, my brother being CEO, um, I wanted to see the club do as best they could. Uh, but, but you know, they, it was a, it's been a struggling couple of years. Well, I was going to say, because it must be a hard transition after, you know, 15 or so seasons being in the match day squad to then move on to trying to follow the club as more of a fan, albeit, you know, a he- heavily emotionally invested fan. But is, was that a tough transition to make? No, I think I was, re- I was ready for that transition, to be honest. I, I'd, I'd put as much as I could into into the team and the club back here, and I'm, you know, forever grateful for the opportunities that I had to play in my hometown and captain my home my home team, that's for sure, and have my family be able to follow my career um, in Newcastle, but at that stage I was ready. I was, I was ready. You know, I said to Crow the other day, Stephen Crow, I was ready to become an old boy, to be yeah. honest, because yeah. <laughs> I'd always looked up to my, my my mentors and the players who are certainly the more the more senior guys in that I'd play with right from when I debuted to the end of my career. Um, had some great mentors. Always looked up to the players around me and certainly the older guys who had been there and done it before me. So I, I was looking to the, forward to the day that. I could sign on as a as a, an official Knights old boy. <laughs> Beautiful, Crowy, dear friend of the show, great of friend course, of the show. Yeah. Now he did mention as well there is um, a newish uh, old boys board started up. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's good. I mean, yeah, again, as I say, I, I was always looking forward to to the time I, I could be an official once a night old boy. And um, you know, when I finished at the end of 2015, I, I, I you know I wanted to spend a couple of years away, but I wanted to get back involved with the club. Um, certainly as an old boy and an opportunity come up um, with a bit of um, you know refreshing younger old boys board uh, Crowley asked me via email from when I was over in England um, there's a position there and there's myself there's Husey Billy Peden um, Jay Salen Jared O'Doherty Tim Madison uh, Stephen Crow, who's president of the old boys and the only existing um, older guy from the previous board is Johnny Lumen. So yeah, it's it's a he's got plenty of experience because he's been with the the previous board, so he knows you know he's he's been there from day one. Um, and and I think I'd like to think with the with the refreshed younger old boys board, we can we can just uh, start to generate a few more of the the more recent guys who have retired or have even moved on to other clubs. We'd like to get them on as, as old boys members, so when they finish their career, they can come back to old boys days and, and be a part of um, the old boys fraternity. Basically, that's what it is. And any events going forward, we want to try and make them enjoyable for all the all the past players who represented the club. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned um, past players who have moved on to other clubs because we've got news yesterday that Trent Hodkinson has signed for the Sharks. I'd love to know: is there any sort of plan to get? Trent back to the club in some capacity once he's retired because it seems like with the community work he's done he's just been such an asset to the club and to the community so can you tell us if there's been anything maybe discussed with Trent to maybe get him back one day because I feel like as a fan he just seems like the kind of person you want around the club he definitely hit like uh, all the right points for obviously going through a really tough period uh, and uh, a player that was coming from a lot of success with the Blues and with the Bulldogs playing grand finals and whatnot and coming to the club hitting you know a really tough time but um, to just keep composed and take that 
the the time that he had to go out in the community and really engage with a, with a place that he's not from. So yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, he, there's been no discussions around that as yet, um, with it being only so recent. But um, again, we'd like him to be part of the club as certainly as an old boy. Um, but I think he he really brought into into the Newcastle culture and um, a wide, you know, one team, one town, and um, and I don't think he he was ever chasing the that sort of media or coverage. But uh, it's just it's a great it's a great show of his, his character and who he is. Um, and, you know, with, with some of the things that he's done, um, you know, he certainly, he started his kicking to thing where he wrote the kids' names on, uh, he'd go and deliver that to him personally. Um, obviously taking the young girl to a formal. Uh, so, you know, he, 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 it's just a, yeah, it's a great show of his character and hopefully, you know, possibly one day he might like to settle back here. Cause we've seen, we've seen uh, so many players who have, uh, come from other clubs and come to Newcastle and they've either finished their career here and end up staying for good or they've you know been away and played at other clubs but still moved back to Newcastle purely because of the the lifestyle and how good it is to live here. Well, that's uh, they call it God's country for a reason. Isn't it just, mm-hmm. the, yeah, I couldn't imagine any Greatest better Greatest city on earth, yeah. yeah. Especially even with the strong, uh, you know, Newcastle football uh, outside of, um, you know, first grade, you know, the, the real NRL as we Absolutely. like to call it. You know, like, the, yeah. so it's if that nice transition where you see these um, ex-Knight players, I think, uh, you know, like the likes of Ben Cross and, and Jeremy Smith and like being involved, I think now with South, uh, South Newcastle or it's just, yeah. it's yep. just so like, you know, having that sort of... Um, sort of trickle down you know like once they they don't just you don't disappear you're still like still the face around town and uh and i believe give- josh starling signed for west as well and then you had lachlan yeah. fitzgibbon coming from south yep you know straight into i think the first grade team maybe but yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah. good to i think yeah keep those ties with the uh the local comp yeah, yeah i mean the, the influence those guys can have on the next generation um you know who coach you know can coach some juniors or even the the senior guys who are still the young senior guys who are a chance still coming through the system it's um their experience is, is invaluable. I think, yeah. yeah, it came through with Daniel Abraham kicking the uh, final goal in the real NRL grand final for yeah. Scorps. That, yeah. was, that was amazing to see. That was yeah, unbelievable. I mean, he's, he's a changed man, I'll tell you, since I've, <laughs> I've been back, Abe's. He, um, he was the first one bloody having a beer and a, and a bunny, bunny uh, bloody rum after a game and chasing pigs, pigs uh, after a game. And these days he's doing personal training and uh, he's bloody got all these doing all this research on what to eat and this 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 holistic training and uh well, I can't believe he's, he should have been doing that when he was playing. <laughs> well, I can't believe he's he's still getting around on that leg. I remember he had uh, two operations in the one season. He said he, he like an x-ray looked like it was home timbers and hardware's oh. down there like it was <laughs> it was horrific, <laughs> yeah. you know, with that that injury. Uh you know, but I'm sure that the influence he's had on on the guys out at the Scorps over the last few years um is invaluable for those guys and and uh, you know, what a, what a what a great story that he's you know, played a played a great career. Being able to go back to a to a club in the local league and 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 win a win a comp at, uh, against all all the odds. Mm. I, I have to ask also, coming from uh, your your time at the Knights, and obviously you know as a uh, representative fullback under the tutelage of like the the Robbie O's uh, and uh, in the halves with with Joey of course, uh, and having that sort of um, you know that mentorship as you were coming into the side. Um, what do you see now as far as young talents like the like the Pong as we call it, Kalen Pong at coming Pong. to the side? Like obviously. Uh, you know, as far as you know, development in, and uh, do you think that support's kind of still there? Oh yeah, I'd like to think so. I mean, yeah, going back to to, to the start of that question, I had some great great mentors. I, I came through, um, you know, from seventeen and slowly slowly made my way up the grades and into a starting team, and had some great mentors along the way. And just as I started to to come on the fringe of 
the first grade, I was I was probably my best position was every grade I went through, I went full back into five eight. Next grade up, full back into five eight, and that was pretty much um, happened my whole career. Uh, but Robbie O, you know, he was a he was an experienced guy, and um, you know, it certainly wasn't like he was threatened by me. He really took me under his wing, and and he, he helped me in in loads of different ways, and how to catch a, a bomb, and you know, getting the balls on the full, and um, yeah, we had a great relationship off the field. We had some great times because we had similar personalities. We, were, we used to like to be, I suppose. Um, Oh, we social, so. social. Yeah, let's call it that. Yeah, yeah. Amongst um, the people, yeah. And so yeah, we we had similar personalities where we used to have a good time off the field. But he, you know, he I think he recognised that, and so he he taught me plenty uh, about the fullback role. Um, yeah, we, and certainly as uh, when I moved to five eight, Joey really took me under his wing and helped me with plenty of stuff. You know, loads of stuff on my days off. Uh, Joey used to say, ring me up, and say, mate, I'll meet you at Townsend Oval on a day off, and. He'd have the, all the cones set out. He'd have a couple of footies there, and um, I'd have you know basically a one-on-one session with with Joey down at Townsend Oval on uh, the day you know the day only day off of the week that um, we had. But uh, as far as the monitoring of training, there was none back then. Um, <laughs> and that, but that's why he was he was the best ever because he was doing all these added sessions outside of training with our kicking sessions or footwork or speed sessions and that's that's why because he was he was doing more than any other player in the competition so he you know, he was he was another great mentor for um a half when i was moving into that position uh then denny Bideris, joey retired through injury unfortunately and bedsy was captain and bedsy's leadership skills as captain was you know I, I learned some amazing things off bedsy the way he conducted himself as a captain then um so i had some great mentors and I, i'd like to think um I had a similar influence on some of the guys underneath me uh, because a lot of their stuff rubbed off onto me and I I think I um, hopefully had some of those influences rub off on some other guys. And then one thing that Robbie, I guess, probably kept a bit close to his chest was the uh, post-try celebrations. Did he teach anything about them? Because he was amazing. You could we have put the, him in Saturday Night Fever. He had the dance. And he wouldn't oh, yeah. look out of place. He was unreal. Yeah, I mean, he had them, he had them you know, let's call it socially again. He was, he was, he was, you know, so he was practicing them at the exchange the on a was, Thursday night, maybe. Yeah, yeah anyway. Um, we had some good team drinks, yeah, to be honest, back in the day between Joey and... Robbie O, um, they were they were two they were two great ones who were always doing you just, know, just so, hanging so. hanging out with the Churchill medalist, you know that's that's the caliber <laughs> yeah. that you're hanging around, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but Robbie O's dancing, obviously, uh, <laughs> he used to he used to you know pull his schooner in his eye at one stage and um, <laughs> you know dancing and Joey was uh, yeah we had some he had some great great stuff as. Uh, Socially on our on our team drinks as well. So. Well, you mentioned uh, when you were doing your one to thirteen at Warrington of best players. Oh yeah, yeah Petro yeah, yeah. takes the cake, does he, for uh, social occasions? <laughs> yeah, well, it, only because I hadn't spent any time with him. Obviously, you know, some of my good mentors and some of my great mates I play with week to week. Um, but yeah, Petro was a great one because I didn't, I wasn't sure what to expect from from Petro, <laughs> and obviously a pretty big, you know, great player, big guy, tough to handle on the field, but. Uh, he was always one of the last there. I, you know, I think most most of the guys, he, he got the nickname the Smiling Assassin. I don't know whether that was a, an official nickname, but he was always he was always there at all stumps. And uh, you know, Petro had a, you know a great personality, someone who you just enjoyed being around. Pretty quiet guy, but uh, you know he was always there at stumps at a nightclub, and you just see the the big smile on him, and uh, he was having a good time. And he used to, the, the, I used to really respect him. He used to be able to. Heal himself the next day, whether it was a training or, 
or a, a team commitment, um, you, you didn't really know he had a big night. That's the real wow, test. The, yeah. ba- the bounce back is the I real one. I, I'm, I'm a dead giveaway when I have a big night. I tell <laughs> I you, hit, the next I day. hit 26 and it just went. Yeah, yeah. it just absolutely <laughs> went. Yeah. But it's for, you mentioned the old heads now. A lot of looking to the future, a lot of the younger Knights players have come through, may not have had kind of those older players to take them under their wing, yet they seem to have come out quite well do you think you know that kind of seems to speak to the resilience of some of these younger well, guys in the last year or two of yeah, like, come through without i guess the mentorship that maybe yourself and other players coming through in your generation were lucky to have like players like Dennis Feedy or Sione Matauti are taking on these real leadership roles at yeah. such a young age they um, probably yeah they probably had to learn the harder way i mean we I, I as i say I keep saying i've had some good mentors but i had those guys to look up to and uh, and what they've done well um you know other things they probably could have handled better but uh yeah for the guys who haven't had that, that, those mentors around them it's, it's been a tougher process and probably taken a bit longer i'd like to think this year with the club uh, the players the club's been able to recruit um you know mitchell pierce aiden guerra um chris heinington um yeah i'm trying to take the, the, yeah, yeah, the wealth of so experience those guys have got plenty of experience from numerous clubs and numerous rep teams they've played in um and I, I've got no doubt they, they've had some great teammates and mentors in their career. And I'm sure all the, the younger players who, who have um, either been at the Knights over the last few years, um, you know, even guys who are new like Kalen, they'll, they'll, they'll be picking up plenty of, plenty of uh, good things off those senior guys, that's for sure. Some good values and some good traits for sure. That, that, that leads us to our next one. We were just wondering, with the, uh, obviously the seven-man leadership squad uh, got, got released, I think it was yesterday, um, and some great you know, footy heads in there. And you Very tell, good names yeah, in that squad. Yeah, 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 amazing to look at. And then, but as far as, um, just in your personal opinion, who do you reckon is going to be, you know, who's going to be stepping up? Who's going to be giving that half-time talk uh, and really uh, getting the boys around? Um, I mean, the, the obvious one probably is, is Mitchell, but I, I, and I say him because... I know what it was like. You know, I played my whole career at the Knights, which was great. And I always wanted to be, you know, a leader and try and lead by example and try and have the right things to say at the right time. Um, but then when I went to England, um, that was all gone. I, I had to I had to earn all that respect again, um, which was great for me at, my, at that stage of my career. And Mitchell's, you know, he's about to go through, or he's going through the, a similar transition where yeah. I think he's played 220 games at the Roosters. Um, I'm sure he would have been a senior guy there and he's played in some in some rep teams where he will learn plenty of things along the way but now it's 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 you know it's it's basically a clean slate from a from a player's point of view i can you know i can tell you that when you go to a new club after playing so long at a, a previous club you want to earn all the all your teammates respect again you want to earn the fans respect you want to earn the coaches respect so he, he'll have all those those types of feelings and emotional emotions now that um he'll run it you really want to um, perform on the field he'll want to um, show some great leadership in team meetings he'll want to take guys aside after training sessions to try and have his influence on on guys and show some leadership and uh, I think you know he, he's got that type of personality he'll want to have that influence on other guys yeah which I mean it's been such an amazing recruitment drive it's rare that you see one in the offseason quite like it I, yeah w- how does Darren Mooney do it it yeah. seems to be you know, an unbelievable gift of his. I don't know. It's just well, it, he did. He did a similar thing at the Sharks. I'm pretty sure leading into th- 2016 with uh, with their outfit over there, and you know, got a lot of quality players in mm. in, a, in a relatively short time. Yeah, um, it seems like of all the signings he's made, I think his own appointment is going to prove to be the best <laughs> signing the club's yeah. ever made. Yeah, yeah. What's his secret? 
Or is that behind closed yeah, doors? Don't no, know no, well, I'm not sure what the secret is, to be honest. I know, you know what, I've, I've picked up on him. First time I've met Darren Mooney, he's really hardworking. That's, yep. that's probably the, his work ethic um, is, is exceptional. And that's probably the first thing that I've picked up. He's he's there early and he's he's there really late as well. Um, he's always, you know, on the phone, which is it's probably an indication. He, again, he's, he's working hard behind the scenes. Um, and obviously, you know, he's a good person. Yeah. Uh, he, he's obviously these conversations he has on the phone and in person with players and managers and probably parents as well um yeah which he's, he's got a good good heart he's a good person he's good character and he wants to see the club do well he wants to see the individual and the player do well uh but to recruit the amount of guys um, that they have and the, the the quality of of the guys you know, you know i'm sure brownie's had a fair influence on that um i'm sure with west coming on board and the stability that uh, west do and, and phil gardner is that a piece in, in that? And certainly Mitchell's been, you know, the biggest recruit um, since West have come on board. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, the, the club has been able to spend some money too. Uh, yeah, which is, uh, yeah, which is, is nice. nice. <laughs> it's a nice yeah. change. It's, I mean, uh, yeah, with the NRL and the club, I'm not sure whether they were even spending the cap. And that's that, yeah. that's just my, my um, I guess, overview by the by the looks of things. And they, they may have, they may not have. I'm not sure what, what, what the answer is there, but... I, I think they've been doing things pretty skinny while they're owning, owning well, the club until they, would, got, they could offload. Yeah. You, you know, you can't do your best work when you've got your boss sort of looking over your shoulder, you know what I mean? Like, And yeah. it's and when you've got, you got to go through two sort of, you know, the Knights um, sort of body, but then have the, the governing body as well, they, it would have been a hard sell to do any sort of, you know, bold <coughs> moves, you know, without a you know a long-term plan. So Yeah, and I think I think with some of the guys they've, they've recruited, uh, with each one influences the next one. And the more... You recruit, uh, and we've seen previously. You know, I, I was watching from from England. There was, you know, they were missing out on one guy, and then missing out on another guy, and then they were getting a bit further in negotiations and miss out. And uh, I think what was it? it was Jack Bird and then Matt Scott Gordon, and then uh, James Graham. James Graham, yeah, James and Graham, it just seemed so. like miss after miss after miss. And I'm sure that influences the next person that they. Yeah. Pop, you know, I would have went if he went, but he's not going. But, you know, so, and then but all of a sudden, um, Sean Kennedy comes, which is a good one. He brings plenty of experience, um, and there was, you know, a different scenario behind why he came. Um, you know, eight old Kalen, I think, was Kalen, know, very early that on. Time. Yeah. You know, that was a big bold move for for him to come, um, and his and his family have all moved down, which which was a great one. Um, Aiden Guerra to sign, Chris Hyington. It just rolls on. Just yeah, and then obviously Mitchell to, but Mitchell's one was around some of the guys and Connor Watson, of course. Yeah, so Connor. Yeah. I'm sure they had an influence on Mitchell signing, but. One of the biggest ones that I've seen or um, influences why Mitchell signed, he literally came up, had a chat to Brownie, uh, Moons, Phil, and then actually got a look around t- the town. Yep. Um, previously, all the guys who play in a way team, they come, probably stay around Honeysuckle, may, maybe may go for a team walk, play the game and just leave. Yeah. Now, so all these guys in having a conversation with him, it's the first time they've seen Merriweather Beach, Dixon Park, you know, Redhead, up the bay yeah um i keep telling them just keep exploring go up the bay for a, a night or just a day go up the hunter valley for a day and um yeah we may be able to keep them for for longer than what they've signed for yeah, well, i think for the pong it was a couple of rounds of golf with denny badiris yeah. was the <laughs> was other really? signer yeah i think uh i think he has badiris a couple of bucks <laughs> out of that but uh, a big thing of it as well seems to be the brownie factor he just seems to really be a player's coach players want to play for brownie what what is it about him that you know these guys want to sign for the Knights because Brownie's coaching? 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I've only sort of known Brownie on a personal level just just since I've arrived back. I'd met him, you know, at different times over my career. Um, but again, you know, I know he's hard working. He spends a lot of hours around the club. Um, so, but he, he's obviously, you know, he has uh, something in those conversations that the players want to want to come here and play with him. Uh, so, you know, we've been able to recruit some some players. I hope. Yeah, you know, the players can return that in 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 their performance. Mm-hmm. I've been really impressed with Brownie, especially through these last two, uh, you know, struggling years, especially, uh, and just his patience as and well his as honesty. Patience honest, and honesty. It almost seems like it's full disclosure when when like you know, he's running the media or he's doing an interview, but at the same time, you can tell he's sort of ticking away. It's sort of a, it's an interesting character. He's quite captivating when you're watching him because he's not giving too much away, but you still feel like you you know him if you know what I mean. Like it's a, it's very different to say like uh, you know if you have Brian Smith or Wayne Bennett who. You know, very yeah, flat. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But um, yeah, no, no, he's been open. I've, I've seen some of the press conferences where there's been a fair bit of honesty and um, I think, you know, that's refreshing from a, from a coach. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a fly in here. That's what you get in the, that's <laughs> yeah. what you get in the just <laughs> experience. In the Thunderdome. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's all natural here. <laughs> like, it's all the elements. But um, I've got to ask, um, just a little bit away from footy, obviously uh, when you came back, uh, you uh, part of uh, Boozy Hughes' uh, uh, Beanies of Brain Cancer um yeah, well, his foundation. His foundation, yeah, it's been yeah, incredible. Yeah, it's, what, what the foundation's done has been amazing. Amazing, and amazing. You, and you took up uh, up up to the the summit. Um, yeah, base or base, base camp. camps. The, yeah, summit, yeah, the summit's the probably summit, a bit high. Well, summit's about only three three and a half k's higher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we struggle to make it up those three steps to the office, so we're impressed either way. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't thanks, matter. Thanks. <laughs> we we heard you nearly killed poor Crow. Like, and that was uh, like he, he struggled. Well, Crow nearly killed himself. To be honest. <laughs> um, oh yeah, it was it was you know it was one of the. Best experience I've had outside of playing for sure. Um, you know, the first the invite came through when I was still in England. I wasn't sure whether I'd be able to get back and then go on it in time. And I was I was only home for for ten days. Uh, you know, I got my family home and had to get a uh, car and phone. I was rushing around and and, and got on got on the trip. Um, you know, thankfully because it was it was one of the yeah as I say one of the best experiences of my life and. And it was a real, it was a great transition to come back. Hadn't seen my brother Matt for two years. Um, hadn't seen a lot, all the guys, you know, for two years. And there was, you know, everything from everyone from from Chief, who I was, you know, Chief's probably my favourite player. Well, not probably one of my favourite people I've ever, yeah, yeah, I've yeah, ever yeah, met. Yeah. Not just player, um, just just a great person. Matty Johns, who I've always looked up to, a great guy, and um, always there for advice. And then all the guys I play with, Joey Beds, my brother Matt. Crowey, Husey, and the list goes on and on. I think it was 14 um, retired <laughs> wow, guys who, who played, played as a club. It looked like 14. such a, an envious squad to like be yeah. a part of, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you kind of, I remember looking at the pictures as well, and I was like, these boys could still run out and <laughs> give anyone a run for their money, I reckon. You guys all had, must have had to get in pretty decent shape for it. I don't think there was a lot of training done for it, to be honest. Uh, I think there was a little bit um, by some, but not a, not a great deal. And, and there was 14, 14, that's just 14 guys who had played with the club and then there was another f- probably 14 who had either paid to, or everyone paid to go on to be honest uh, but there was another 14 a couple of guys had paid like uh, 50 grand to, to come on at an auction wow. another guy paid two, uh, 25 grand and then uh, Chief's son actually brought his son um, Daniel on his 15 oh wow um, <laughs> so we had 28 28 people on this on this trek and the statistics um would would say that you no chance of getting 28 people there. You know, out of 10, we were crossing paths with people who were on their way back down um, to to Lukla, where you fly into, and they had a group of 10, and they were only getting five back. Wow. Um, 
So literally, you get choppered off. Um, and if you've seen any documentaries around it, it's, it's pretty common to get choppered back to straight back, not back to Lukla, but all the way back to Kathmandu Airport because of altitude sickness. And it's, once it's the, the symptoms start to come on, uh, if you don't you know, get on top of it, it can be real, you know, real trouble. So yeah, it, it was a, I don't know, I think it was about 12 day trek and it's just the just the flight into Lukla was it was an experience. We had to go on two planes because um, the planes were, were, were so small, and uh, we we were on the first flight to from Kathmandu to Lukla, and we hit this this air pocket, and it, I, I thought the plane went up, but apparently that it dropped out of the sky. <laughs> it was actually a body weight that went up uh, oh, because wow. the plane Jesus. had dropped out, and uh, and then the airport is rated one of the most dangerous airports or the most dangerous airport. I've seen that one on the telly. It's, it's got the drop off at the end of the, the runway. Side of a cliff. Oh. Yeah, so you when you're coming in, you're flying basically into the side of the mountain. When you fly out, you you fly off the edge of the cliff. Oof. Yeah, so, no, not a fan. You know, it was like thankful that you just flew in and got there, and then you start the trek from there, and then you know it's amazing the the scenery and just you know the, then secondary to that, the conversations you have with uh, with either you know Chief or Maddie or you know Dan Harrigan is fifteen or the other guys who had um, who had come on the trip who I'd never met before. Some of their stories were awesome, and some of their businesses that they've succeeded in is amazing. Uh, so the conversations were, were were awesome as well, and then we, you know, twenty eight out of twenty eight of us made it to base camp, um, and that that was great. Chief and we just, you know, you'd, it was another example of Chief's leadership um, away from footy and his influence on a group, um, and no one was going to let Chief down. And he, his knees and his body, you know, is big uh, gone. They were done in ninety seven, really. Like, you know what I mean? Like they were oh, pretty no. shot, like his, twenty years ago. Let knees, alone one of his knees dead set gone, and um, he never complained and. There was never um, anything about his body or, you know, it was getting tough at times. So, um, and Chief was driving us, 28 of us, to get there and we, we no one was ever going to let him down. Uh, but I guess the, the, the byproduct of that was um, we all pushed ourselves pretty hard. And by the time we got to base camp, another two hours back to our final camp that night, um, you know, we all started to hit um, the wall at different, you know, different size walls, I suppose. And <laughs> Steve, Stephen Crow, one of our, one of our 97 greats, uh, um, he, he was he was in really bad shape. He ended up on oxygen. He was. Oh, um, we had a, this oxygen reading that you go on your finger, and the start of the trip we were 98, 99 percent, and Crow was down to 56 percent, I think it was. Oh wow! So he was Jeez. in big trouble, and he couldn't get chopped out by that stage. Huh. Uh, it was dark by then, so oh, you know there was a couple of guys on oxygen during the night to get him through, and um, yeah, another guy from NIB. Uh, was vomiting uh, another guy was in bed with all sorts of headaches and it was sort of damage control at one stage <laughs> it, it, was like like it. Yeah. it was like okay we've we've made our goal but uh let's not, get let's not, get us off now so what's the bar set up at uh, everest base camp like <laughs> nepalese craft beers craft cocktails what do they got everest, what's the hospitality everest, everest beer everest. Uh, oh really <laughs> and mate that's it they, there was people telling us uh you know highly recommend uh, you not have a beer from from you know pretty much your second night in and ah, uh, I think the guy there was Billy Peen, there was um, Jamie Forbes, uh, Matty Johns. Um, I think the Doc. We had a Doc on the trip, and he was one of the guys who paid the, at one of the auctions to come on it. And they, yeah, they were just having a couple, couple every night. Um, I tell you what, you can take the boys out of Newcastle. You can't take the yeah, Newcastle out of the boys. Billy Peen, Jamie Forbes, and I think it was Matty. Uh, they they cracked a they cracked a can of Everest at base camp. <laughs> that's uh, unreal yeah at base camp I don't reckon there, there would have been too many people who have done that no I mean, I especially think, with your low blood oxygen one of yeah. them's going to see you through 
Yeah, get you well on the Billy, way. Billy had his Cessna, uh, Cessna jumper on. <laughs> First go in at the base camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, and That's we had unreal. A, we had a, another fella uh, with his Tongan flag. I, I think he, I, I reckon he must be the only Tongan who's been to base camp too. Yeah. The uh, like, I got to like. I won't keep you too much longer because I know your, your um, time's precious. But uh, you know what? Just for the season upcoming, 2018. Uh, what are you looking forward to the most? Or what do you think the the fans should be looking forward to the most? Yeah, I'm, I mean, from a from a former player, but a fans' perspective, I'm just looking forward to to watching, to 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 you know supporting the team, watching the the new recruits and see how they go. Um, you know, certainly the little bits of training that I've seen. I'm, Excited to watch Kalen play at fullback. Uh, yes. You know, his footwork, his speed. I've seen him do some really good things at training and, um, you know, he's just enthusiastic and he, he looks like a, you know, a superstar without sort of putting too much pressure on him. Uh, but he just, you know, he's, he's got some, some great attributes. I'm looking forward to seeing Mitchell in his, in his first game. Uh, and, you know, it's great to see Let's have our, our first game, first home game against Manly on a Friday night, round one. Doesn't so get any better. Awesome. It doesn't, doesn't get any better yeah. Than that. I'll tell you um, what. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'm just looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing the support that that some of our new recruits um, have been able to to encourage some new people, or not some new people, but some of our old people who've possibly dropped off over the last couple of years who have lost a bit of faith. We've got some great support. Um, you know, corporate sponsors and sponsorship. All our kits sold out. All the sponsorship on a kit all the corporate boxes are done um, so yeah it's just another another example of how loyal our fans are and our, our, our corporate sponsors oh, are absolutely. and our, our and major sponsors yeah membership up again up again up to 12,000 12, I think night's yeah. record and well, it's you know, since 2012 I think but you know it's, yeah, it's, it's up coming up off the back of three spoons three that's spoons. hugely promising yeah and yeah. I yeah I just think uh you know, it'd be nice. To, we all, everyone wants to get win the first game. Of course, every every team who plays in round one wants to win first game. But it, it, you know, I really do hope they they just do their job and and, and do the, the themselves and their supporters prayer because I think that will encourage a few more. Unfortunately, we've got like three away games and then the next home game is not round five. But round five is Brisbane at home Saturday night. Another traditional big big game big and bash. big supporters. Um, so I reckon our two two first home games are. A huge ones. Let's get as many people there as we can. Yeah, I think I think we will get a packed house for that Friday night game. I I I, I know I, I, everyone's just so excited. Everyone I talk to guys can't wait for Manly on Friday. You know yeah. what I mean? And really show them what's what. You know, the Kirk Gidley. I can't thank you enough for coming on and uh, and, and yeah. using some of your time. It's been an absolute pleasure, club legend Kirk Gidley. Thank Cheers, you so boys. much, thanks, mate. Thanks, thanks thank for you, Kurt. Much appreciated. What a way to start the year. Can't <laughs> wait. It's going to be very exciting. Thanks. Woo. Unbelievable, mate. That Cheers, boys. Yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Do you want to talk about it or not? It's up to you. That's all right. We'll cut straight back in, but uh, just for anyone that's watching that saw a bit of a gap there, we just uh, got a little bit too excited there talking to Kurt <laughs> about some previous uh, uh, times, uh, you know, in the Knights and in the blue jersey. Uh, and the one that we, we, you know, really want to talk about was obviously that, that bomb. You were just talking about the bomb in, 2000, bomb. Uh, in 2009 Game 3, Origin. Uh, obviously, we they, they were already up 2-0 the series and we, we ran over them in, in Game 3. Yeah. And then uh, there was a bit of a... Bit of a stash going on between Stephen Price a and polite disagreement and Brent between White. friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, some it words. Was a good that, decent stink there, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, after that, they, uh, you know, there was there was less than a minute to go. Queensland had the ball, and they decided instead of running it to 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 kick it up. Can you tell us what was going through your mind? Yeah, well, it, um, you know, a fight broke out between Stephen Price and Brett White, and 
yeah, we won the we run the game. It sort of ruined the acceleration, I suppose. That back up in Brisbane, um, it was a dead rubber, and we, we still wanted to win the game. And um, anyway, we won the game, and then Brett White knocked out Stephen Price, one of their one of their senior, you know, I guess senior players, and a pretty big influence in their team for a, a long time. It was a pretty decent knockout. Knocked him out cold. Yeah, just he as was he, on just the as he knocked him while. out, Trent Waterhouse came in to sort of get involved, and they all thought, you know, House had king hit Stephen Price. Um, so, yeah, House gets binned, which he shouldn't have. It, on the replay, uh, Brett White knocked him out and House gets binned. They think it's a king hit. So, you know, I could see what was going on and they they wanted they wanted revenge. They wanted, they wanted blood. So uh, I could see, you know, I was at fullback. I thought, oh, again, here comes a bomb here for sure. <laughs> uh, no point in them finishing with the ball. So, yeah, I, Cameron Smith put up the bomb and, um, you know, I basically said, Stuff him. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to take the bomb and I'm, and I'm going to return it. Um, and I was prepared to cop whatever was going to come. Um, I, I covered up pretty well to to try. I mean, old man used to always tell me, "Elbows up and watch your breathing." That was one of his, that was one of his old uh, one of the old school things he used to tell me. And um, I pretty much done that and and wore whatever I, I had to wear at that stage. And then it was just basically a stacks on. And I wasn't sure, you know, whatever happened on 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 the back of all that. Um, I was a bit of rudeness from them. I think I always thought it was very rude of them to do. <laughs> yeah, no, well, they, they hit you know, in, in, in a couple of years to come, or on the back of that, I used to, yeah, you know, I used to get along with those guys pretty good, even in the in the Aussie camps. And I, um, I used to, I used to give Cameron Smith a bit of stick about him putting up, putting up that bomb. I used to call him out as a shit go that, uh, putting that up. Um, uh, but anyway, we used to have a joke about it, to be honest. Um, but you it, got one back on him with the kick. What was that? Two thousand fourteen, after the bell in Melbourne, yeah. and then no, 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 even no. It, was in, it was in uh, it was in Newcastle. Yeah, no, in Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was an even was. bigger pile on too after that. Yeah, it was. That, that, yeah, that was a great. I mean, a great moment for not just me, but the you know the team and the uh, you know that stacks on. I I felt like I could have laid there for for twelve months to be honest, hugging the boys like that. They're, they're the moments you, you love to be involved in team sport. But I happened to just watch it, watch it just recently when I've been back. Um, I've seen there was like a night's day on, on Fox and they were replaying all these classic games. And I had I happened to sit down for the last 10 minutes of that game just by flicking channels um, just to just to relive that moment again. And and yeah, they, 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 I remember Melbourne score with I think like two and a half minutes to go to make it, you know, the gap 10 by, make the gap by 10. So the, the game was, you know, all but over. It would have been paying dead to it. A million to one to win the game by then. Well, the commentator's saying as well, the Knights aren't going to win this game. Yeah. That's for sure. And that's <laughs> yeah. what he says. Yeah. Like, well, like, well, I think we kicked off short. We regathered, played the whole set out, got down to the line. You know, nothing came of it. Um, turned the ball over. They play the ball. Travis Wood, uh, Billy Slater comes out. Travis Woodell, one-on-one steal, scores. We think, oh, we're, we're dead set a chance here. <laughs> kick the goal in front, run back. And uh, they kick off and we're... St- yeah, we're still a long, long shot against Melbourne, I guess, at that stage. And we just, you know, play play with the footy and just um, sideline to sideline. still remember Cuthbo gets driven over the sideline. We get a penalty, penalty for yeah. it. Yeah. So it gives us another set on halfway. And again, we're just playing this um, expansive footy and forwards are passing it. We're just going edge to edge. And, you know, we went long shift one way, strung a couple of passes through forwards, me out the back, someone else out the back again. Uh, I think Sione passed it on to Aku, and Aku scores pretty easily in the end, right in the corner. Uh, and I, I'm super excited. I, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about the score. Yeah. On that <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, yes, we've scored, <laughs> hugging all the boys. And then I thought, shit, I've got to 
compose myself and kick, <laughs> kick the goal because at that stage you don't want to let everyone down with what's happened in the last mm. two minutes because uh, it would have been you know it was a great last last couple of minutes to to even get back to a draw but i thought oh you know we've come this far it'd be, it'd be nice to to win after the bell that's for sure and just had a compose they're the, they're the, they're the times in your in your career as a goal kicker that you, you actually hope for you practice at training mucking around and um, you've just got to compose yourself, go through the same process as what you always do, whether it's if you're 40 in front or they're trying to win the game. And we had a, a, a bit of a tough year, um, you know, performance-wise. And, and we, we, I think it was Wayne was leaving after, after that year and all sorts of things that were happening off the field. It was, we just wanted to do, um, you know, repay the fans and, and give them some excitement, I suppose, at, um, at the end of that game. So anyway, yeah, lined it up and, and, and got the goal, and, and, and the, the stacks on at the end of it was one of the greatest moments. And I, I, I could have, I could have stayed there for for twelve months, to be honest. Because there's been a few clutch moments like that from you, kids. I remember one very clearly: the field goal against Brisbane, two thousand four, which yeah. Wayne uh, Rabs referred to as the ugliest field goal he's yeah. ever seen. Yeah, not cleared the, the black dot by about five centimeters. It was a beauty. Yeah, it was a bit of a shonky one. I think yeah, it was extra time. Um, first golden uh, point uh, for the Knights. Yeah, it was ever, too. I think, yeah. Mm. yeah, first golden point. Um, and up there, uh, you know, we we were we were missing some players too. I remember some guys had pulled down. I'm not sure if it was around. Oh, I'm not sure what time of the year, but we we were missing some guys, some pretty senior guys around that stage. Um, but yeah, not the prettiest field goal, but uh, you know. A, uh, pretty, Got the two points mem- though. Memorable one. That's unbelievable. For sure. I still yeah. play it in my head from time to time. <laughs> it was it was a true great moment, and like and that's the thing about Newcastle fans. You know, like we all we want is it, it's all we're hoping for is moments like that. You know, these moments that they might be, um, you know, like in the grand scheme of the season. You know, you accept where you are on the table and and the things. But when you're the underdog and you're playing that bigger side, that you know, and it should just be a walkover and to see that fight. Uh, late in the game, the fireback, and really take them off the, you know, the Brisbans and the Melbournes and the, you know, these Sydney clubs, uh, you know, that are just, it's like the, it's like coming down and playing, you know, regional and you, you're beating up the City boys. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Um, and I want that's, I, that's why I'm excited about this year. I want to see the current players enjoy some of those moments too, um, and enjoy the support that they'll get from the fans on the back of that. Yeah, we love being the underdogs. God forgive us if we're ever favourites. <laughs> we don't know what to do with ourselves. <laughs> I wouldn't think. Yeah. <laughs> No, but thank you so much for sharing those Cheers, uh, golden moments. Uh, thanks very much, kids. For, for it's been an absolute pleasure. We no. can't thank you enough. Thanks, boys. Good luck with it. Thanks, Cheers, mate. Thank you, kids. Unbelievable, kids. Thank you so much. No, no, Wasn't problem. that fantastic? An experience like no other. I can't thank him enough for coming on. Thank you so much, Kurt, for being here. Uh, obviously, he's watching. He's a huge fan of the show now, he, and he was before as well. Huge <laughs> fan of the show. Avid listener. Yeah. I t- what was the best thing about, about talking to Kurt for you? Look, I think it was great hearing about all the work that he's continuing to do with the old boys, you know, the 97 guys especially, still being involved in the club. I think it yeah, bodes well for the long term of the club, knowing that guys like himself and other club legends are still around yeah. guiding the place to be successful again. I just liked it that the 97 crew was still hanging around each other. Still drinking still since that fateful day. Much like ourselves. Obviously, we've been still been celebrating it. We just haven't climbed any mountains. No. Yet. Yet. <laughs> but, Lane, we have a very exciting preview show, previewing all the comings and goings, all the what's happenings, all the all the bits and bobs. The bobs and bits. The bobs and bits uh, coming up in 2018. And we may have a very dear friend returning to help us with that, won't he, Nagy? Yes, a guy, because, you know, we like to talk about footy, but this guy actually knows a lot about footy, and we've got, a, we've got him back on board this season to help us out. Very special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, Victor Crumble. Victor Crumble himself, our very resident stat man, is back. 
So we can't wait to talk to him, but it's going to be a very, very exciting uh, preview show. So keep your eyes and uh, and your ears and possibly your nose out there for it. All peeled. All, All peeled. peeled and ready to hear. And it'll be on the regular sort of social pipes that we usually release on Facebook. Blah, 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 blah. Right yeah. on the pipes. Right on the pipes. Keep your eyes out. We can't wait to talk some more footy with you. Thank you very much, guys. Scene. <laughs>